Do you regret? You regret that? I do regret. Get this. <laughs> Get this on film. That was terrible. We may I have forgot. to we may have to cut this entire like lead in. Should we just start over? <laughs> Hit the button. <laughs> Hit the button. Are we actually going to start Welcome this over? Go yeah. at it. Okay. Good thing. Where your hosts combine their real-world oh professional 3D printing experience to deliver valuable opinions that will help you peer behind the curtain of the additive industry. And We've now, never done that before. Co Engineer's own Tyler Reed and Tate Brown. <laughs> okay, now that we lost a few minutes of recording time, what only three minutes for everyone that's coming in today? It's a Friday, it's beautiful. Uh, Tyler, <laughs> this we started this once already, so this is take two. You're hopefully never gonna ever hear or see take one. Uh, Tyler came in with a fact that he thought would be a fun fact, and it was absolutely not fun. Um, he told he told me the fun fact, and judging by my reaction, he realized quickly it was a huge mistake. Okay. So. Uh, welcome composure to go additive we've got tyler reed here tate brown i want to take a second to thank our loyal listeners yeah of which there may be five or six maybe even seven now yep there are people that actually listen to this podcast worldwide and so thank you for hanging in there with us thank you for growing with us and um if you ever feel the need to give us some feedback, we love it. Uh, we've got a few people that reach out occasionally and kind of give us their thoughts. You know what's happening more often now, especially over the last few episodes? What? There's people coming to me saying, hey, uh, something you said really set me off. I love that. <laughs> I love it. Oh, I know. Me well, too. Because then <clears throat> on the next episode, it gives us an opportunity to maybe clear the air or right some wrongs. Yeah. Kind of I mean, like the start of this podcast. Yeah. Ooh, okay. That was this, a... This episode. I misjudged uh, the funness of that fact for sure. That was not fun. That was pretty grim. Yeah, it was. I mean, you knew it was grim. I actually forgot the extent of that story. So it was this like... That's why a, you got you to clear these yeah. <laughs> with the group before but we go the in. The best part about when people say, hey, something you said... I, I've got something to say about that. The best part is when I respond, oh, what did I say? And they said, no, it's Tate. Oh, yes. no. Yes. No. Okay, well, let's hear the last one. Oh, it, they're going to take it up with you. I was like, okay, talk to him. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, boy. Okay, well, I guess we'll talk about yeah, this I have after no idea. this one. I have no idea. <clears throat> I know exactly who it was. Really? Yeah. No, you don't. I have to. I'd be surprised. I only know one person that would say This is a something. new This is a new jab. Are you kidding me? Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, in this episode today, we're going to talk about some fun news things. We've got a lot of news. Um I have a we're going to revisit the hairy ABS. The fuzzy ABS. Should we just jump into that right now? Or are you still going through the I'm going through what we're going to talk about. Okay. We have a material minute for you all. Great. And then we got some fun to uh, YouTube of the day stuff that yep. may lead to some other discussion. I also have show and tell. This clearly is your incentive if you've only listened to our podcast. <clears throat> um, our show and tell is the incentive to go check us out on YouTube. Yep. At the Go Engineer channel. Yeah. If you don't know where to find us. YouTube, Go Engineer. Find yep. us on the Go app. YouTube is a stuff. website. It's it's on the it, internet. It's a popular website for videos. <laughs> and we're on there. Yeah. <laughs> so this is actually super cool because this involves multiple people from um, Go Engineer made your show until today happen, right? And there's actually uh, yeah. some cool webinars yeah. on this. You're pointing to it. You and I can see it. No one else can see it. There's no camera pointing that way, by the way. Down here. I'm wrong. I'm down I'm wrong. here. I'm told I'm wrong. That's in frame. <clears throat> cool. <laughs> All right. So, so people can actually see it the whole time. 
That's yeah. Cool. Yeah. Haven't you noticed? Haven't you ever uh, seen one of our episodes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm a subscriber. <laughs> hey, oh, and by the way, this is um, in terms of show and tell. Maybe I'll bring this next time, but I did. I told you I finally cut out that uh, piece of acrylic. Oh, yeah. You should bring that in. I finished it. I glued it together <clears throat> oh, with hot sick. glue. We should hang it up for one of our episodes. Yeah. Uh, I'm waiting yeah. on some lights. No? You no, know we're what? not going to do okay, that. Okay, fine. Whatever. It's okay. It's okay. It can I go up care. on juicyfilaments.com. <laughs> okay. <laughs> For sale. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's it, though. I think okay. we can cover all Great. that. Um, yeah, we got to jump into it. Let's start with the tech tip. All right. This tech is tip. A, this is a tech tip. Tech tip. <laughs> <laughs> so this came to me. A friend of mine listened to one of our episodes, gave me some feedback, and he said, hey, so that customer of yours that was running into the issue when he was sanding ABS... I've had that same problem. Here's how I fixed it. So the problem is when you sand ABS, there becomes a point where the sandpaper almost seems like it's not doing anything anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's because the fibers tend to kind of stand up in these strands, these little fine strands, and it kind of creates like this fuzziness. And the way my buddy tackled this issue is he would actually coat the parts in um, super glue. One, because it dries really fast, but two, it would kind of stand those fibers up and it would hold them stationary so that he could continue sanding. Um, hmm. If you've used super glue on these parts before, it pretty much just soaks right in. It doesn't really stand up unless you use the gel style, um, but it doesn't really stand up off the part too much. So you wouldn't be adding, yeah. you know, you wouldn't be adding workload to yourself because you're sanding trying to knock things down, typically high points. Um, the glue will basically set in all the valleys and yeah. kind of soak into the part. So you it'll help you sand quicker. Capillary action into the part. <laughs> yes, the capillary action. Yeah. Thanks for that. So why why super glue? He, I, well, good question. You had another question. You and I actually had the same question. Because why super glue? Yeah. I asked the same thing. I said, why not like uh, heat polish or why not um, acetone? Yeah, some sort of solvent that would, you know, evaporate. My, uh, his reasoning was fumes. So even though super glue creates fumes, he was more concerned about the fumes from heat Mm. and um, acetone. Mm. So Yeah, but just the acetone itself, not heating it, but just brushing it on. I think here's my experience with that. It can create like a tacky tackiness to the ABS. Yeah. And I think that would affect your sandpaper too. So it kind of melts it, right? So if you brush it, depending on how you apply the solvent, um, could create some gumminess. Mm. Yeah. Which I try to avoid. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's a good tip. Tech tip is complete all right thank so let's, you for sharing that loyal listener <laughs> let's uh, print head what do we, we yeah, call our head. loyal listeners yeah, the print heads we cannot use the word listener yeah we can no they're print heads okay print heads <laughs> yeah i i love it i like that that's like my favorite, favorite we need to trademark that if we don't someone else will yeah it's actually probably the best thing that we've ever come up with <laughs> and we didn't even Juicy filaments. Juicy filaments is another thing that Juicy. we didn't come up with. A Jeb Jeb here did. Juicy filaments is probably invoicing us every time we use print heads. It's like that's my trademark. He, I know for a fact. Actually, we are going in debt. This is just little by little. Oh yeah. To yeah, Jeb, yeah, yeah. the creator of Juicy filaments. How will we ever pay it back? <laughs> we make no money doing this. <laughs> All right, what's in the news? <clears throat> okay, there was an article uh, out of GM that uh, said in order to uh, deal with some supply chain issues and delivery time issues on the new 2022 Chevy Tahoe, uh, they 3D printed 60,000 parts for the new Tahoe in order to hit their... Uh, their expected delivery time. So it was a part. 2022 Tahoe. <clears throat> yeah, so, so this, this actually happened. Like, these could be showing up yeah. on lots yeah. immediately. Probably soon. 
So this story goes back to last fall, fall 2021, but they just basically shared that they went to our friends down in Carlsbad, Forecast 3D, to source 60,000 parts in six weeks in order to circumvent uh, some supply chain and lead time issues with a 3D or a injection molded version of the component. Okay. What technology? When we're talking production, yeah. it's always like, okay. That, what? So as, as soon as you start talking about volumes in that number, you know right away that you're only considering a few technologies. And they came out and it announced what it was, but just the fact that where it was printed, I would know that it was MJF, multi-jet fusion off uh, HP machines. Okay. So the, we've talked about powder bed fusion, polymer powder bed fusion in the past several times and how it's, you know, it's geared towards production. You're looking at tens of thousands into hundreds of thousands of parts, part orders, part runs. And for people who aren't familiar with this, why? What are the whys behind that being <clears throat> kind of a better production technology? Well, the throughput is high because you essentially have a build volume that allows you to 3D nest parts. So any way you can twist them and turn them and, and uh, put them in the powder bed. You're not limited to sticking it to the build sheet. Yeah, exactly. It can, it can go up in Z. So it's not a, a 2D it could limitation. hover in the yeah. air for a moment. There are some details around like surface finish is different based on like downward facing or upward facing um, areas. So but it's do, pretty uniform. It's fairly uniform. And if you're going to be doing post-processing, which all of these production parts are highly post-processed. Like as, as these companies move more towards just part production into uh, manufacturing uh, like solutions, the post-processing component of this whole workflow becomes a critical thing to consider. It's like one thing to print a part, it's a whole other thing to deliver a f an automotive quality finished part. So Forecast 3D was able to do that. Now, I think it's great news, but the, uh, the undertone of the article was that if the, if the lead time issue wasn't there, like if, these if, if GM wasn't already facing like an immense amount of pressure to deliver these vehicles on time, these parts would have been injection molded. So 3D printing wasn't the ideal, ideal manufacturing solution, but it happened to be the best option given some time constraints. Of, yeah, other outside constraints. But it's a step in the right direction. You know, it, it teaches the engineers involved and the uh, production managers involved and the executives involved that hey, 3D printing, you know, has a lot of possibility. The biggest challenge uh, that I think we're up against is most parts are still not designed to leverage 3D printing from the get-go. So it's, 3D printing is never going to be the ideal manufacturing solution if the parts aren't designed uh, to leverage the benefits of 3D printing. Never say never. <clears throat> never say never. Well, I'm saying those two things are basically uh, contradictory. Like, if you design a part the way you traditionally design parts, it means you're designing parts for manufacturing and other methods. And so if you're doing that, it would be a very rare circumstance where 3D printing actually was did a better job than the parts that right the now, traditional manufacturing. Currently. Method. Yeah, but if... I hope someday it isn't. Well, it won't. So that's the what idea I'm saying. of 3D printing is that you are not limited... By geometry, right? So but we know that's matter. not true. That's not true we, in any case. We know it's not true. In any case? In any case. I don't agree with that. No, I'm just saying, name, a, te name a technology that has zero limitations, geometry limitations. None. Exactly. But the hope is that with additive manufacturing, it isn't limited oh, okay. in the future. That's like Star Trek level oh sci-fi. Well, I have to say something really quickly okay. while while I'm using the terminology 
additive manufacturing. Yeah. This article that I pulled up while you were talking about it, um, it actually mentions that additive, uh, it, it says 3D printing, formerly or formerly known, more formally known as additive manufacturing. So formally? the writers of this article are saying that 3D printing is the new word. So remember our, our I argument. I don't trust. Where is this? Uh, what's this? CNET. Argument? CNET.com. They don't know what they're talking about. But this is you mainstream. Cannot... This is mainstream news. That's yeah. What, all I'm saying is how does the world perceive this? So are That is the, a good question. Whoever wrote this. That is a good question. In their mind, 3D printing is the new wave. Additive manufacturing is yeah. old school. That's so what we used to call it. Does it does it say formerly or formally? I'll quote 3D printing, more formally known as additive manufacturing, is the process of rapidly crafting fully formed parts from digital models. Are you saying close quote? Are you saying formally, like formal attire or formerly? Formally. Yeah. Formally. Yeah, no. so he's... Okay, my goodness, that's my bad. That's, that's a, okay. That's clerical error. That's okay. <laughs> I thought it said for... <laughs> this is why you can't read <laughs> yeah. on air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, not only that, but do math. Luckily, I didn't do any math, but formally known, not formerly. Yeah. Thank you, Tyler. Um, Even behind the screen, you're such a, such a wealth of knowledge. No. Okay, so on the topic of bad journalism around 3D printing, I have another story. Okay. Google this. <clears throat> All right. Just Google, Google this. New York Post, which, okay, you're not going to expect uh, uh, excellent 3D printing journalism or tech journalism out of New York Post, but New York Post, 3D printing, and uh, just hit enter. And you should see an article about the MTA, the Metropolitan Transit Authority uh, in New York. You see this? No, but you, you won't believe this. Uh, Charity 3D prints home for Virginia woman in 12 hours. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, 3D printer capable of making guns goes missing from MTA yard. That's yeah. the one. Yeah. Okay. okay. Even just that title. Yeah. Look at how they I'm position gonna, the story. Can I click into it? Yeah, click into it. I'm following that one. Read the title one more time. 3D printer capable of making ghost gun parts stolen from MTA rail yard. How ridiculous is this title? This is like talking about a human, like a human capable of committing a crime. Yeah. Actually just went to the store to buy milk. It's clickbait, man. <laughs> it totally is. It's terrible. The reason why they do this is this is an article I think it came out this morning. <clears throat> and if you read down through the article, they attempt to tie it back to a recent Supreme Court uh decision around a New York State gun law. But it is total fear-mongering. Totally. Absolutely. And, and these it, are old. It gives the implication that like there was some printer that was designed and marketed and sold as a way of circumventing the law, which is not true. It's a $100,000 commercial printer. Do you know what it is? No. Is but it a, it's, is an FDM system? I would guess. They're saying... But you ne you just don't know. The transit this authority is... purchased it, and they bought it, and it showed up, and then it went missing. That's the story. Okay. Um, the device, which could be used to churn out pieces for so-called ghost guns, built and sold on the black market, remains in the wind, yeah. sources said. So, it made me wonder. Sources. <clears throat> so, this source, they're not even naming the source, but this yeah. source also said it could be used to print parts for firearms, they warned. The lack of supervision here has cost the agency more than $100,000 and possibly put people in danger. This is ridiculous. Any 3D printer this that that doesn't any 3D printer could do that. So oh, it for makes sure. me wonder. Well, it's funny cuz the picture also the very first image in their post has a benchtop um a benchtop unit. Yeah. With a 3D printed firearm sitting in yeah, front of I it. Yeah, I think like the old Liberator. This has been happening since since Suckboy Tony. Oh, since way before Suckboy Tony. <laughs> she doesn't know. <laughs> she doesn't know. Suckboy Tony is a character. He's a real person. Yep. Who they printed these these <clears throat> really like elaborate 
they weren't that elaborate. I mean, they were very simplistic. Some of them were. When he went to the when he went to the guns and Bitcoin uh, <laughs> meetup, and they had all those guys with the three D printed firearms. Some of them were very elaborate. Yeah, but a lot of them were just like pipe, pipe from Home Depot, pipe from yeah. Home Depot, like water pipe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Schedule Forty. Yeah pipe and some 3d printed handles and things like that and they're all brightly colored yeah which you know they did on purpose just to make them look they look like nerf guns absolutely but they're, but they're shooting like uh 22 and nine millimeter shotgun and all sorts yeah shotgun, shotgun shells. shells so um i made i was reading this and i had the same thought i was like what's the average person think of a 3d printer which we've talked about like how does that conversation go when we tell people we sell 3d printers and I think we agreed, like, we were concerned that people would confuse us for toy salesmen. Now I'm wondering, do they think, like, I'm some character from God of War, like some traffic, I traffic arms? Am I an arms dealer? if people read articles like this and believe it. Yeah. But I think the way you put it in in past episodes is, like, a CNC machine could do this. But we we don't ever see articles, like, say... A CNC was was a CNC machine was stolen yesterday, which is capable of producing X Y Z dangerous thing. Yeah, <clears throat> weapons no, no of war. One, no one says uh, a tree fell down in the wind. Luckily, it could have been carved into a sharp, pointy stick that could have been used to <laughs> to poke kids on playgrounds. It could have been made. It could have been made into a pencil. Burn everything. Burn everything. <laughs> Burn all the trees. Well, okay. So I get your point. Your point is we've got to stop this. This is insane. How it, do we stop it? How do we stop it as as readers you of this? clicking it. That's the well, problem. Well, I just clicked into I it. I know. So now I'm part of the problem. And I made you do it. I actually feel <laughs> really bad about it now. But that's the only thing you can do is stop clicking this crap because... It makes you want it so bad, though. That's the problem with... It makes you think... That, I mean, the title, this is what I think, it makes me think that this is a special printer, maybe a new technology, maybe something that we, we are always trying to understand and know what's new, what's coming out. It makes me think that this is something special and it's probably not. It's the antithesis of news. News is meant to be like, hey, here's some information you need to know. Instead, it's a deceptive headline to get you to click on something that you don't need to know. It's crazy, and you can't fix it. It's a whole. It's a problem with all of journalism right now, and news media. It's all incentivized. Not just news media. It's all ad. It's all ad sen- incentivized, which means it's incentivized by number of clicks. Look at half the news articles you click into. You click into it's it and you ads. start scrolling, and suddenly it's a stream of twenty ads. And you're like, "Where's the article?" Well, and you get the pop up that's huge and has the tiny little close button. Yeah. That's hard to click. Yeah. And then you're scrolling it and you scroll down and then you scroll back up looking for the stupid button that you're supposed to hit to actually reveal the article. And half times, it's not even there. Like, I swear, it's not there. There is no, there's no article. It's there. It's there somewhere. It's blurred out somewhere. In line with this, um, I'm going to segue this, same conversation though, to my YouTube of the day. Okay. Which I hate, I hate this person. (laughs) I don't hate this person, but I, I, I don't like this channel. I love him. I love all. him. It's <laughs> Whistling Diesel. You ever heard of Whistling Diesel? I have. I love him. He's some punk kid who destroys everything. He basically, he's a- he he's made a living off of finding niche vehicle followings, buying those vehicles because he can afford them, and then just tearing them apart in the worst conceivable ways, uh, generating lots yeah. of reaction. I. He's brilliant in that term. He's a total in, or in that sense. And this, I am conflicted. I'm conflicted because he is a perpetrator of what I was just literally worked up about. He is a perpetrator of this. Exactly why he's my YouTube of the day. But he's so funny. He is not funny. He is not funny. funny. He's not very clever. Uh, I mean, okay, that's a lie. stupid humor. I think he fell into this by accident because he's a... He's a troll by nature. He's a troll. He uh-huh. knows how to get reaction. He's like the little kid that you see do something bad and just watching you to see yeah. what your reaction is before they do it. You know what I'm talking I about? Think, and then they do yeah. it anyway just to get you to freak out. I see maybe some of the worst parts of me in him. 
<laughs> and I think that's why I like him. Okay. Because he'll that. act he'll act very stupid, you know? Mm, but is he? You don't know. I and do that's act- what I love. I think, okay, so I'm going to tell you about, it's not his channel that I'm trying to get you to watch. It's the fact that I got sucked into, I, I knew that I didn't like Whistling Diesel. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the channel. I don't like what it's about. I don't feel like it's, he's like doing anything good for society, whatever. Yeah. The title of the video was called I May Be Going to Jail for a Year. Yeah. Which, of course, I'm going to be excited about. YouTube because delivered I'm like, that right to you. Uh, oh, You're like, absolutely. you think you don't like him? Hmm. And this Let's is his see. cleverness, right? This is, this is <clears throat> yeah. at this point, shows he kind of, he knows his persona. He knows yeah. whatever he's created. And now he's going to get clicks by the people who like him because, oh, no, not Whistling Diesel. Not my homeboy. I don't want yeah. him to go to jail. Which apparently, after you watch the video, you realize there's a lot of people like that. And, oh, a ton. <laughs> there are hundreds of people that showed up to the courthouse on, yeah. his, on his day of court yeah. with signs when and the dude, t-shirts. The dude They're is buying clearly his merch. guilty. He's clearly guilty of what he's <laughs> It's on film. Of. Yeah, clearly guilty. And yet they digital, show up. Digital film. Why yeah. do I always say film? Is that uh, still cool? Is yeah, that you, kosher? Can I yeah, say yeah. that? I think it's fine. It's like... Uh, I called a book, a digital book the other day, a book on tape. Is that still okay? I think it's called anachronistic, but so clearly, technically it's not true, but it's the verbiage. Okay. Hopefully I'm not. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So he also, not only does he get the people who love and care about him to click this, but now he gets the people who want to see him. Imprisoned. Yeah, some people click on that. I don't that, want like, to see yes. him imprisoned. I don't actually, but like, I'm like, this has to be clickbait, but I'm going to click on it anyways because I want to know why he could yeah. be incriminated. Yeah. I watched the whole dang video and he is not going to jail for a year. No. Uh, first and foremost. Second of all. Well, he might. He's, it depends on how bad he pisses the uh, this judge is, off. If you go read the punishments in your territory for a misdemeanor class a through c or whatever or or your province for our canadian listeners (laughs) you will see the minimum sentence and the maximum sentence for something of that degree yeah and actually it's true his maximum sentence was 365 four days so technically not even a year. not even a year okay so my point is you could I think a, a normal traffic citation is like a class C misdemeanor. If you yeah. look at the maximum jail time for that, there is. There yeah. is a jail time. Yeah. But are you going to jail for going five over? No. No. You're getting a ticket, a citation. It is, and then it is the exact same thing. You're, you're, you're kind of leading with... The a, worst thing that could happen. That And, you know, statistically it's not going to happen. But you get clicks that way. At least he's not parading as a journalist. He's an true. entertainer. Okay, that's it's, true. It's sort it's his job. It's his livelihood. So to do that. are we entertainers? Can we start doing yeah. this? Well, we do it every time I listen to you <laughs> for like how to do the title of the pod. Make it a thousand X. I do not I do not <laughs> encourage that. I never did that. I'm totally hands off with your titling and the way but you describe you, the episodes because I think made you it do known, a great job. You've made it known which ones you like and which ones you don't. That's not true. Some I, of them you go back and you're like, remember I think that one funny. episode? I think it's funny. I think it's funny what things attract the clicks and the views and the listens. You know, that one episode, I don't really remember how you titled it, but whatever it was, it got us like 10, 10x more traffic, almost maybe a thousand times more traffic. <laughs> Why are you doing this? this <laughs> he's totally making this up. Good night. All right. So anyway, um, what's our, our message here? We're going to try not to do this. Um, We're going to try not to click on these episodes. We're going to try not to fall for this crappy journalism. And that basically journalism around additive manufacturing is. Actually, we're we're no better because now we are hoping people will listen to us talk about this. So unless we click on it and read it and then come back and talk about it, we're not going to get people listening to us doing it, so we are definitely part of the problem in this. Are we? Oh yeah, we're definitely part of the problem. No way. Oh yeah, we're like uh, we're three levels down, but we're part of the problem for sure. Well, listen here, 
Here's another part of the problem. I'm having an existential crisis. 3D printed houses. Right don't, no. don't. He's going to have a nervous breakdown. Um, my little brother sent me a post on Instagram. Yeah. And guess what it was? You probably just said it. A three, it was just Icon. It was Icon. Of course, he doesn't know who Icon is. Sure, but no one does. <clears throat> yeah, they do. <clears throat> Some people do. They're, Our dude, print heads they've do. Done a Our great print jo- heads do. They've done a great job with marketing. That's I see true. them pop up all the time. And of course, everything, every algorithm I have is probably geared towards uh, 3D yeah. printing in some way. But I see a lot of these houses and Icon has done a great job of attaching their name to that's 3D true. printed houses. I think that's true. Um, I wonder if that is by design. Probably. Just uh, well, yeah. helping helping get press for their projects. Yeah. I mean, it's, if they're main, doing their it's job, mainstream should, yeah. at this point. If my little brother, who yeah, has nothing to do with additive manufacturing, is sending me videos, hey, yeah. check out this 3D printed house. What do you yeah. think, man? You don't want to hear what I think. I used to get a lot of that about like chocolate. Look at this 3D printed chocolate. Look at this 3D printed pizza. It's a hot pizza. glue gun. It's a hot glue gun. <laughs> yeah. That's what it is. It's stacking things up. At least we've graduated from chocolate to houses. Uh, so what's next i'm gonna pause right now <clears throat> i'm gonna pause this our, our regular scheduled programming for a material minute hey so, speaking of uh of yeah. chocolate okay. and things like that i actually have a legitimate this is legit this is not a juicy filament um this juicy is for filaments real. legit <laughs> in the hearts of our print heads yeah it's legit uh, and I'm told that there is a new advertisement coming out soon. Okay, cool. Um, but the material minute today is for Loctite 3D 3955. You heard of this material? Yep. It's beautiful. This <clears throat> is printed on the Stratasys Origin 1. I do believe that there are other printers in the market that can print this as well. Yeah, it's, it's, a, D- it's a DLP material. Yes. Yeah. And it's the first photopolymer that passes vertical burn and aerospace FST standards. It's a high-performance halogen-free flame retardant UL94V0 rated material. This is very important to a lot of people. I think that's an Airbus standard that um, a lot of aerospace folks use and transportation companies. It is the first 3D printed photopolymer that passes vertical burn and aerospace FST standards. I already told you that. It's halogen-free. It's high performance. It's high modulus with excellent flexural and tensile physical properties. Um, One of the coolest things about it, it has an extremely high HDT. It delivers negligible deformation in harsh environments. It passes flammability 2 by 10 second vertical burn and FST. Um... There's the Airbus standards and, and stuff like that. I believe the Fahrenheit HDT temperature is like 412. Fahrenheit? Uh, yes. That's up there. Yes. That so, is up there. And it's probably a thermoset material, so it probably becomes more rigid as... Well, no, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't have any green strength ratings. A lot of DLP uh, material data sheets will list the green strength and um, the final strength. Yeah. This is a UV cured material and then thermal cured as a post process. Yeah. And that thermal cure gets it there. And this material is solid at room temperature, right? Yes. So it's only printable at 60C. That's cool. The DLP resins blow my mind. I think we're going to see so much progress in materials on that side. They're pretty neat. We printed with a new one from uh, Mech Nano this, this past week. Is it, that right? That happened while I was gone? Yeah. Nobody nobody told me how to work. What happened? And what's cool about the material? Don't. Don't. <laughs> okay. Um, so it has carbon nanotubes suspended in it. How, how does it suspend the nanotubes? Do we have to shake it up? Do they settle? Um, so I don't know all of the details, but once it's in the printer they don't supposedly they don't settle and they don't need any sort of uh, agitation so i don't know how they do it but i, I jeb, call it a good shaking yeah jeb was telling me about it he's like when you pour it out it's unreal like the consistency of it because of all of those suspended solids it just is strange but uh 
those nanotubes provide some paths for electrons, so it's static dissipative is Very what cool. it's meant to be. Uh, so it seems pretty cool. And then any <clears throat> like mechanical property that's particularly good besides just the ESD no, properties? No, I don't think anything's all that notable. It's probably like a more general purpose material outside of the static dissipative cool. uh, properties. Um, that does bring me to one of the news articles I had, and that was Desktop Metal announced a foam. A 3D oh, printable phone. I thought you were going to say something else. What? Nothing? Oh, no, no. I'm not going there. Okay. I mean, given the given the context of like our last few episodes, we could go there, but I want this one to be like a little more upbeat. <laughs> and uh, I think in, okay. one, in one month... Says the guy it, who made us have to take a second take on the intro because your starting story was so sad. Ah. <sighs> Let's get past it. It was a mistake. Sorry. So, but hey, give it like six or eight weeks and we'll probably have a lot more to talk about on on that front. Okay. Not them with them specifically, but industry-wide, I think things are going to happen. We'll let the situation dun, dun, unravel. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I think so. Uh, DM announced a printable foam. It's a DLP material that's printing on their eTech mach- platform. eTech is the new name for Envision, Envision Tech. Tech. And the why, did, <clears throat> why did you do that? I don't know. The e-tech, blink, the blink that you just did. Every time I say e-tech, I, I'm reminded of this like Amazon private label brand called e-tech city. Oh, that's wow. like very cheap electronics. And I just can't get that. Okay. Out of my head. So anyway, the material was developed by one of dm's acquisitions from last year i think it's a company called adaptive but they developed the dlp material with uh some reagents in it that when they're exposed to heat they expand up so you print the part and then oh i saw a video of this it looks like a a a loaf of bread dough i actually haven't seen video but yeah so it's supposed to expand like two to seven x but how does it hold its form? Uh, well, think about it. If, um, well, uh, you, the, the, the images you ever see that the movie I saw. Ant-Man? No, I have not. Okay. I'm not going to watch that either. <laughs> I won't. So um, in, it's, got, it's got all these, uh, let's say, there's, <laughs> I don't know what shape they're, but just say they're spheres in a, uh, in a resin. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then you hit them with heat, those things expand and they're mm-hmm. all throughout so the whole thing expands and now it should still be uniform place i don't know i don't think so i don't know i'm gonna youtube this i would guess that it it would have to build up stresses as it expands because the distribution of the of the particles is probably not going to be perfectly uniform and then the geometry is obviously not uniform so i think you would have some stresses some weird stresses in there, but if the resin is soft enough, then it probably doesn't matter. Volume production. So it's called free foam. Did you already mention that? No. I'm playing this little video for us. Okay. So these are seat cushions that they're printing right now. And it's good music. That is so loud though. Free foam. Free foam. And all new expandable 3D printed foam. If you want to see this, uh, go to YouTube and search free foam. I think it's awesome. TM. Awesome. It looks great. And the fact that it says here that it's for volume production, that could be a big deal. I am so stoked on DLP materials. As long as they age well, I am too. Yeah. And we'll Um, see. Actually, DMs have been having a good month. Their stock is up like 40-something percent over the last month well that's not real hard considering everyone was in the tank yeah the only better investment was the russian ruble can you believe it's at its all-time high i don't i did you know that i have no clue no the ruble is at its all-time high that's crazy why why is that crazy tyler well why do you think it's because of the war well, it's actually because of the sanctions. Oh, gosh. I don't want to get into it. Yeah, I know. Um, 
because I won't have anything to bring to the table. Selfishly, I'm this, just going to Yeah, this is not an international out. commerce uh, podcast. No. But if you want to subscribe to my Substack, just kidding. <laughs> so what else? There was another news topic that you had. We basically just have yeah, news have the rest more. of the way through. Well, we got this show and tell. That's how we're going to end the episode. Because okay. that's, I think, what everybody's looking forward to. I okay. know I am. How are we looking on time? We got a couple minutes. Let's what is get, a couple minutes? Let's give us seven minutes. We have seven that's minutes? That's it? Okay. No, we have more time. No, we don't. But the boss says no. Seven Good. minutes. Okay. Okay, so this news article, uh, basically the U.S. the Commerce Department came down on uh, three service bureaus. Mm. Um, it's actually a family of service bureaus. It seems like they're probably all sh- under shared ownership. Once they're you're in a service bureau, other. you're all family. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of uh, dealing in arms, the reason why they're in ho- they're in legal trouble, um, and they have been barred from exporting uh, anything, is that they violated some ITAR. Uh, rules so itar is the international trafficking and arms regulations and it's basically the rules that uh, surround dealing with uh, national defense uh manufacturer sale and distribution of defense and space related articles and services as defined in the united states munitions so like satellites rockets um just those type of parts, which are commonly 3D Torpedos, printed. Torpedoes, so military hardware. we know that if we have, uh, we're not set up to handle ITAR parts. Other, other people are. And there's tons of rules and regulations to make sure that that technology doesn't get outside the U.S. And these guys were subcontracting the 3D printing of mm-hmm. some of these ITAR-regulated parts uh, overseas. So they were You're sending... me. They're, and, and what's Ooh. crazy is it's... I thought this was going to be stateside. No. So they were sending uh, print, print files to service oh bureaus in China. And you and I know like a print, a slice file is a different thing than a 2D drawing. You send a 2D drawing, you still have to come up with how do I make this? Mm-hmm. You send a print job, that's the instruction set on how to make the part. So... It's a one-click uh, solution to replicate the parts. It's it's a big deal. So they're uh, we've been talking about three D printing becoming more and more of a national defense. Uh, Some might say <laughs> I'm not gonna say what I was gonna say. Sorry, that's okay. I, it was gonna be a funny joke, but. I had never heard be funny to some. I had never heard of these companies: Quicksilver Manufacturing, Rapid Cut, U.S. Prototype. I had never heard of them. But they're over on the East Coast, which we have less of a presence there. So, big deal. Yeah. Big deal. It is a big deal. I and hope we don't see more of this. What? That's what I was going to say. This could implicate a lot of folks, it, honestly. Well, especially, uh, you know, 3D printing democratizes manufacturing, which means a lot of people get in, into this business thinking it will be easy. And it's very easy to get in over their heads. We we've talked about this in the past. Like you can you don't necessarily know what you're signing up for when you start a service bureau and start building parts. And you should know this is a problem, um, but maybe they didn't. But they probably did. Well, they're not going to do it anymore. That's for darn sure. Yeah. So should we jump into the show and tell? If we only have a few minutes, we're we got plenty right, of time to talk good. about these things. All right, now boss is saying we're good. Yeah, she, she, she makes the calls. Yeah, let's get into this. So, tell okay. us who designed it okay. first and why and where we can find more information about it. Okay, I think that's important. Yeah. So, a um, one of one of our coworkers named David Kersley designed this putter, and I, we've talked. We brought him up in the past about he was a. He was a uh, designer in the golf industry at some point. I don't know all the details, but uh, we have an, an event coming up in Chicago next month where we're going to talk about the design and making of this uh, putter. There's also a YouTube video that goes pr- pretty in-depth, and not this project in exactly, but a similar project on our YouTube page, 
I don't know. You could probably just search like Go Engineer Golf. Optimizing golf design using SolidWorks. Okay. And I remember you were really impressed with this. It's my favorite webinar I've ever watched. Ever. That we've done or like ever, ever? Ever. Really? It's my favorite educational webinar. I freaking loved it. Wow. That's like, that's a, a compliment to David. Um, and I'm not, I had so much fun. I was so engaged. I like golf. Yeah. But I had no clue the science yeah. involved in putting. I've been putting since I was a kid. Yeah. Had no clue. And watching this just made my mind explode about the depth of science in a putter. Yeah. And then on top of that, you get filled with uh, some SolidWorks tips and tricks, things to really understand how powerful simulation is in SolidWorks. It's incredible. Like, I totally geeked out over it. I think it's great. Yeah. I had recently heard that Ping has an extensive uh, simulation team and uh, just simulates the crap out of all their all of their clubs. Like, way beyond what I thought. Well, we've talked done. about Cobra. They're probably yeah, doing Cobra. the same thing, too. I guess they probably are. I'm... We recently golfed together for the very first time. It was so fun. It was fun. It was way fun. Tyler here has a swing on him. He was hitting his three iron about as far as I could hit a driver. No joke. Pretty incredible. That was so fun. I hope we do it more. I know. I got to get some clubs so I don't have to bum bum clubs off people. (laughs) It's all right. With a swing like that, you can do whatever you want. Oh, okay. Yeah. It uh, makes you just feel honored that I would hold your club. Yeah. It was great. All right. Cool. You can hold my club anytime. I've got some of these parts that are not quite finished, um, printed off the metal parts. So you have a part that looks like this. It's got a little hair on it. Got it. Yeah. So this part's been tumbled and machined. So you have one machined surface there. And these supports or this material is permanent. That's part of the design. That's a lattice. Okay. Yeah, so David's design had some ribbing in there, which created overhangs. And either I would have to fill that with support, like what you see, like what you see here. Yep. So in those holes, you have support. And that support is actually fairly easy to remove. I just grab this with pliers and just pry it out. Um, but in, in all of that, I was like, ah, let's just put lattice in there. How uh, round do those holes come out? Are they pretty round? A little ovular? Yeah, they're not perfectly round. And you could... Anyone who's printed... I mean, this is kind of a struggle with any print process. If you look in there, I I drilled those holes out, and I even oversized it by a 64th on the drill. And there's still areas that you're seeing exposed printed uh, layers. So... Not perfect, but pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Now, that Acceptable. part is a funky shape, so we we printed some... Uh, in it's order, kind of a wedge. In Yeah, it's a wedge. And so in order to hold this part and machine that top surface, we created these soft jaws. So these are really light. I printed these. You can see... Th- I don't... We're, our camera's not going to be able to pick this up, but I was oh, shocked yeah. that you did a sparse infill on this. Yeah. You well, can- <laughs> you don't... So... He didn't even print these solid. You're, You're yeah. wild. You don't need to. So If you say so. I printed these in two hours, which means I was able to print them and cut on the same day, which was pretty cool. Um, I did print it solid underneath the counter bore. I so that's, that's where you're going to see the most compressive force. Um, and these, let's make sure you get this right. That kind of that nests in like this. And... This is just a tapered wedge, and it goes in like this. I didn't, oh, that's backwards, but I didn't design these soft jaws, so that was a Jeb uh, here on our team. Oh, nice. He he knocked out three sets of uh, soft jaws in an afternoon on the design side. So, yeah, it sketches me out a little bit holding it like this because as you compress it, it's going to want to push the part up but it is. It does have a, like a positive engagement. Yeah, um, it's totally locked in. So it's it's locked in. Uh, I actually. So he has more machining experience than I do. 
And this was me trusting him. Like, I think in the past, I would have looked at that and uh, maybe questioned it. And in this case, I was like, nope, I'm just going to give it a shot. I'm going to trust him. And it worked totally fine. So Any any sketchiness at all? No sketchiness. It's a light cut. Um, you can see these are, these are lifted three millimeters. Did you just fly cut it? I just fly. Yeah, I use a fly cutter. Um, these are lifted three millimeters off the build plate. You do have a more solid support on the bottom. That's a one millimeter thick perimeter wall. Uh, I've started doing that on a lot of parts, the thicker solid perimeter, because it really helps the lift. Um, when I printed this single part, it did lift one corner very slightly. So, so the part actually, did it lift off the build tray or did it just pull the whole build tray up to where that screw is incredibly tight? It, it, uh, it doesn't deform the build plate as far as I can tell. It just, you know, it, it elongates the support to the point where it might okay. lift off the support. I see. Um, if you look at this other part, which is the face, this is not a solid support. And in this case, I didn't need a solid support. Um, I'm still at the stage where it's, I'm just taking a guess. Is there any reason why you didn't angle that on the bill? Oh, you did slightly. Yeah. It looks like, cause that's better for the recoder wear, right? So the, the reason why I, uh, oh, you're talking about angling it that way. Just clocking it Z on the Z. So yeah, if we were yep. to turn that just slightly more so yep. there are fewer straight lines. Exactly. So it's clocked, you know, a couple degrees. Yeah. It doesn't have to be precise. Which is enough. But you don't want lines that are completely parallel and um, completely uh, perpendicular to the recoder because it can start to wear the recoder. So those are usually turned. So we'll generate the support in Magix. The support of Magix is always XY, and then you turn it a little bit. So you're getting a little mini metal defam course right yeah now. and so the reason why i align these parts how i did is because you're looking at like what what surfaces will i need to machine no matter what based on the assembly and the tolerances of the assembly and can i position the part to put the supports there and then what other areas would i really want to avoid putting support based on the aesthetics or the difficulty of machining and stuff like that so that's how we came up with that orientation and that support, if you saw it, it had perforations in it. Mm -hmm. After I sliced that off the build plate, I was able to remove all of that support with just uh, pliers pliers and snips. It leaves a bad surface, and this one is going to get machined. But that's been tumbled. tumbled. Yeah. That discoloration, is it's cool. It makes it almost look like an old forged part. It does. It totally looks like an old casting or yeah. something like that. Do you know what it is? what so i tumbled that dry in a ceramic media and it's just compacted uh dust it looks great it looks honestly awesome, huh? well i mean if if you were getting this part forged or casted um i would imagine it would look like this anyway it's so, like a patina yeah some yeah. of these surfaces would need to be machined so oh, man i'm so excited these... to see you're gonna bring this in and putt with it when we finish one? Oh yeah, for sure. So these are the soft jaws for that part. And uh, we can crack them off. Let's, let's do it. Little, get it closer to the mic. It, it doesn't need to be that close. It doesn't? No. Oh yeah. <laughs> There's really nothing like it. That's a good looking print. What material is this? This is PC ABS, polycarbonate ABS blend. Did you print this on the F370? I see the tray, yeah, yes. Yeah, I see the tray. Um, you must have used the end of the spool because I yeah. just printed a benchmark in PC ABS and yeah. I, the reason I printed it in PC ABS, I never, I'm gonna tell you a funny truth right now. I've worked here for three years. I have never done a benchmark in PC ABS. Now this is yeah. gonna be sketchy. I'm a little concerned about this. So this mates up like that. Uh-huh. This 
just holds it like that. Yeah, that's a little sketch. Why didn't we go any deeper? Uh, Jeb designed this? Yeah. I would have done I would have done a much thicker uh soft jaw with a pocket. Cuz we're trying to machine this face, right? Yeah. But not both are, of those, are, both of those. So you are trying to get the sidewall of that. I would have yeah. created a full pocket to keep that from lifting. Does that make sense? I would have put this lower in the soft jaw so that it had uh something above it that would hold it too. Yeah. I don't know. This one sketches me out a little bit, but again, I think I might try it. It's a very light cut. It is a very light cut. I like don't you, like it. I don't like it. In, in Maybe I could just coat this with hot glue. And that could help give it just enough hold. Yeah, my concern is it rocking. Yeah. Um, it's not so much that it, like flies out it's just that it rocks i think i probably would have tried to interface with those indents and made that the stationary jaw mm -hmm. and then come in with this on the pivoting jaw the moving jaw so i don't know but you have you have um like and then you have this final op there well i guess this is the beauty of soft jaw like 3d printed soft jaws we would not be, if these were aluminum soft jaws, like traditionally, and we were machining these, one, we couldn't have these sharp corners that we have in there, right? Because a tool right. is always going to have that radius. But also, like, say these are not a good design for finishing these parts. We can iterate and make another soft jaw that holds it differently. Yeah. This is light duty. So Very light duty. Should be able to, to handle it. And then that one eh, holds it like that somehow. So I'm going to skim that putter face. Sweet. And uh, I think I'll run the fly cutter across it and get like a texture. Yeah. You, you've seen that. Yep. So yeah, we'll see. Um, I am a little sketched out. That's a out. fun project. I am a little sketched out with this one. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and we'll say see. it right now. I'm going to make my call. That ain't going to work. <laughs> but I hope it does. I hope it does. <sighs> I just... Uh, be be gentle. You're gonna have to be gentle. I already am because machining the parts just it gives me anxiety. I'm glad it really the Tormox up and running. It honestly makes using the metal printer a lot more fun. Yeah. Uh, well, and we can fly cut the our um, exactly our build sheets, which I see that you already have. Yep, I have. And uh, the machine now, right now, is purging within. I can like tell 10 what minutes. you printed. Yeah, that's, for Jeb, that's Jeb's for latch. the creator, for the creator of Juicy Filaments. Yeah, he needed a door latch. Yeah, so he looks like he talked to you into printing that for him. Yeah, so on this build plate, you can see evidence of some other prints, um, and it's you can tell it's been fly cut. Yep. So we resurfaced it. I printed those because I wasn't going to uh, print over that area, and they're so uh, low. Light. I didn't bother cleaning those off. I actually will probably clean those off with a angle grinder. Or a flap disc because if i resurface the whole plate i'm gonna have to take the whole plate down at least five thousand probably you should probably do a little bit more and it's just not necessary not that you have that kind of control with <laughs> with an angle grinder anyway well what i'm saying is with the angle grinder i can very easily just grind down to the surface and not take much more because you can visually see and then i'll probably do that a bunch and then resurface the whole plate once it's a little more haggard. So Does that make sense? by next episode, you think uh, we'll have more show and tell? I may, I may have a full putter by next episode. Sweet. That's my goal. Cool. We'll see. Yeah. Well, this, today was a good episode. Yeah, it was We talked good. about a lot. I don't know what you're going to title this one. I have no clue. Well, thanks. I had a lot of fun. Yeah. Show and tell is good. We should do this more often. Let I us agree. know what you think about it as a listener. It's probably kind of boring. Um, but do check out the YouTube channel if you want to see some of this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. It's there and, uh, no reason not to. And check out, uh, the blog cause that's where you'll find the write up on, on this stuff. Eventually. Well, not yours. 
Yeah. On the old putter. And if you're in the Chi-Town area, come come to our event, um, July 18th. Right on. Okay. Anything else? That's it. That's a wrap for episode 5-1. Talk to you later. See ya. <laughs> Wrong button. Yeah. <laughs>